0: Welcome to episode 52 of EIU Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. On today's episode, we visit with one of the newest members of the Eastern Illinois staff, as our guest is women's tennis coach, Ross Sons. Ross comes to EIU following a recent stop as the head coach at NCAA Division II member Mars Hill, which is located in North Carolina. A former collegiate tennis player himself, Sons talks about his playing experience and what he hopes to bring to the EIU program as its newly hired head coach. We are now in Season 2 of EIU Panthers Podcast, and you can listen to any of our past episodes by following us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Simply search EIU Panthers Podcast and start listening today. Consolidated Communications is a proud sponsor of EIU Athletics. To learn more about the future of broadband for your home or office, visit consolidated.com today. This week in EIU Athletics, the women's soccer team opens its regular season with matches against Indiana State and Illinois Springfield. Next week, EIU football, men's soccer, and volleyball join the action as they all prepare to open their regular season. Season and single game tickets for football are available online by visiting eiupanthers.com. eiupanthers.com is also where you can stay up to date with the latest news, scores, stats, and much more on EIU athletics as the 2021 school year gets ready to kick off. Now to this week's episode of EIU Panthers podcast with new EIU women's tennis coach Ross Sons. (laughs) And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers Podcast. We're joined today by one of our newest head coaches here at Eastern Illinois, Ross Sons. Ross, thanks for joining us on the program.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Ross is the uh, new women's tennis head coach, and as we were talking about here, he is slowly meeting some of the team members hired during the summer which is always a little odd when you're hired as a coach but you said a, a few of the girls were already back in town and it popped in to say hi
1: yeah yeah a few of them have stopped by just to say hey meet me i know it's kind of late in the process they're starting school i think in a week and a half maybe yeah. so it, it's been a quick turnaround so it, it's good they're actually stopping by saying hey so i can meet them a little bit and then we can get going right after classes start
0: Now, probably different than this format is the fact that you have Zoom nowadays. You have all these other technologies that, you want to say, three years ago before COVID, that would seem like a hard thing to do. But were you able to have some conversations once you were hired, even maybe in some of those virtual formats? So when they walked into the office the first time, it's like, you're so-and-so. At least you maybe have seen them before.
1: Yeah, I had one Zoom call with them kind of just to... um... When I got announced as the coach, we had the, the Zoom call once the article kind of broke, I guess. I had a Zoom call just to meet everybody. Other than that, it's just been through email um, and then texting probably a week ago. So <laughs> it, it's been slow but but steady. And hopefully the the rest of them will stop by the office um, the next couple of days once they all move in.
0: Now, coaching not new for you. When we hired you, you were the the head coach at, at Mars Hill. A men's and a women's program head coach there just coaching the women here as Eastern has kind of separated those duties um Paul is the the men's coach kind of what have you learned a little bit in terms of going from coaching both genders now that you could take to maybe coaching just one gender
1: yeah and and coaching both teams obviously had a bigger rostered and and a lot more areas of focus to, to kind of look at it as far as the men's game the women's game everything like that but Coaching one team, I feel like I can put a 1,000% into one team and not have to kind of mix things up with practice, with matches, and have to go back and forth. I feel like I had a bunch of different hats on when I was coaching both teams. But, but again, it was a great experience. I loved it, loved coaching both teams there. Now I have one team to put all the focus in, and and I think it'll be good.
0: Now, probably very similar for you in terms of being the head coach at Mars Hill, the head coach here now at Eastern – is tennis at the level mars hill a division two school eastern a lower level division one tennis very still regionalized in terms of having your scheduling you're probably having to put a lot of that together so are, are you getting out the map and trying to figure out kind of you know what's within a bus ride that i can get to pretty easily where we can be competitive
1: yeah exactly and, and with mars hill it was we we're very, very lucky very similar to how eastern is with women's tennis is there's a lot of good schools around the area whether it be division one division two there's always good competition for us, um, for the women's tennis team here at Eastern. There's plenty of power five schools that are close by, schools that are kind of at at our size and and competition level. So trying to get the schedule to kind of balance it out where we have some tough matches and then some some matches that are kind of right at our level to to really test the, the ladies. Now, when you look at that roster,
0: because of the situation at Eastern last year where we really didn't have a coach, we had an interim coach in in the position, they didn't do any recruiting, so there are no new players. Now, they're all new to you as the, as the new head coach, right, right. but they've all been here for a year. When you look at that, does that help you maybe kind of set a depth chart for when you're going out there, I know, and, and tennis players are seated, or as a new coach, is your approach with them is like, hey, ladies, I you may have been number one last year, but... You're going to have to earn the number one spot to, earn, to play for me this year.
1: Right, and and I treat it just like any new team I've come to. It's a clean slate, completely clean slate. But the good thing about having no brand new freshmen is they all have experience. So they all have that experience of the teams in the conference and, and maybe some out-of-conference teams. So that they're actually going to be helping me yep. m- more so than <laughs> – than probably a a normal year. So th- as far as depth, try a clean slate um, to just get out there and practice and kind of use this fall to to really see who's going to be where, and, and how the doubles pairings are going to be, singles pairings, and and things like that. So it'll be a big learning experience for, probably for the fall and and obviously get some some pointers from the girls as far as how the conference teams stack up and, and how we're, we're going to compete with each one. Now you touched
0: on it there, tennis unique, and the, they have two seasons in the collegiate fall where you don't really play head-to-head matches. Now mm-hmm. you do go play other teams, more of a... Uh, bracketed, flighted type situation is that maybe an advantage for you as a coach to where you can put some players in there and, and see that maybe they perform better than you thought or not as well as you were going to think
1: yeah absolutely the the fall tournaments are going to be huge uh, I know we're playing one or two I believe so that's going to be great to see them compete and, and even the players that were freshmen last year that are coming in as sophomores they, their season was a little bit different than, than normal just because everything was condensed in the spring. So it'll be good to, to kind of get everybody out there just to get their feet under them, get match play and, and things like that, just to get us ready for spring because that's when hit the ground running with, with all the matches and conference matches. So the fall is going to be very, very important, especially for me as a new coach, coming in seeing how they play.
0: Now, new to coaching here at Eastern, not new to coaching, but also not new to the sport of tennis. You played it, played in college, played at Newberry College, which is in South Carolina. Is tennis something you kind of played your entire life, or is it something you kind of got into a little bit later on?
1: It was actually when I was younger, probably about... I'd say when I was about eight or nine, started picking up the game and, and started playing, and <clears> the <throat> first couple of years was just kind of honestly just to have some kind of sport to do. Yep. Um, did that and then realized that I could take it even further and then hit it hard with training and traveling with with all the uh, tournaments going on and with it being an individual sport, I kind of had to plan, almost plan my own schedule out, and Family helped him out with, with taking me to matches and, and places like that and ended up getting me a scholarship in college to play at Newberry College. And I guess the rest is history after that.
0: Now, you talk about that. A lot of times I'm always interested what kind of inspired. Was it a mom or a dad, a sibling, a relative that kind of you you followed them along? Sometimes I hear coaches like, well my brother my older brother and older sister was already there so i always picked up the ball is that was that similar for you or maybe like mom and dad were at the country club and you picked up a racket just to kind of kill time
1: to be honest (laughs) not really uh it's kind of a interesting story is uh, i stopped playing a sport and and my my family was like all right well let's figure out another thing to do and Tennis was on TV while, okay. while I was actually <laughs> on the phone with my mom when I was a lot younger, and I was like, hey, I want to try this, this tennis thing out, and nobody in my family had any clue of okay. which route to go at, how to do this, and, and things like that, so we all kind of learned as we went, and now it, it, it's a career, and, and I wouldn't change it for anything.
0: You happen to remember who you were watching play in that match, or, oh, or, I, or at least what tournament?
1: Not, <laughs> not, not at all. I actually have no clue. I just remember vaguely it, it was on TV, so I no clue who it was
0: now when you when you i say that because i lead into my next question here is a lot of times people see in a a lot of sports tennis in particular since it's an individual sport you see a style of a a player roger federer a a yokovic did you find a player that you were watching male or female that said i kind of want to tailor my game after them
1: um not necessarily a specific player but but obviously the my go-to would be roger federer i mean smoothest player best form best technique great professional so i mean it he, he kind of checks all the boxes yep. and, and I, I guess that's the go-to now when you watch
0: tennis different than some other sports is you play in a lot of different surfaces i don't know mm-hmm. in college you probably don't get that opportunity but if, did you have if you got to play in different surfaces did you have a one that you kind of preferred over others um
1: mainly it was just hard courts and clay courts for me when i was growing up um looking back on i really enjoy clay courts and college is all hard courts but um but growing up i I love clay courts i I still love playing on those to this day so that's kind of the surface that i i would pick if i had to choose
0: now part of that and people will hear this you have a little bit of the twang in in the voice there (laughs) so you are not a central illinois native by any means you're actually from south carolina where you went to school so, first question is: Is as you're looking at jobs, Mars Hill is in North Carolina, just north of Asheville. Which anybody that's been in that area, much different than Central <laughs> Illinois as, as well. Very, very nice area there. What kind of, other than being a Division One, is there something that maybe attracted you to what you saw at Eastern Illinois?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not, <laughs> not from around here. It's pretty far off. I think I'm like 12 hours away. Um, but yeah. Moving all the way up here, honestly, it was the potential of the school and the potential of the tennis program. Seeing that all the matches, they were super close in, and they were right there. Um, And obviously, coaching one team, like I said earlier, just putting that full focus into one team. Big thing, obviously, Division (laughs) I. Kind of that step up, and and when I was looking at it, I I didn't see it as a lateral move, and and if I did think it was that, I was going to stay at Marzill, and I had that thought of staying at marsville unless it's a big step up and and i feel like eastern's a big step up for me and in, in my career and so far i made the right choice
0: now the thing most people if you ask them about south carolina the the things they're going to know are charleston and myrtle beach yep. i don't think if i'm mistaken i looked at the map i don't think you're from close to either one of those though
1: about two hours <laughs> away from charleston um myrtle beach probably about two and a half three i'm, I'm honestly i'm from kind of right in the middle, right outside of Columbia, the capital, okay. a, a, a city called Lexington. So small town, um, not super small, but it, it's smaller than, than some of the other areas. Now Eastern will play, of
0: course, that's South Carolina for football this year. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I'm leading into to a few things here. <laughs> I, I, I knew that was from Columbia. What are some things as fans that are going to listen to this, hopefully before they head down there, what is a South Carolina thing that they, that they have to eat from a food perspective and it may be different. I know Charleston food is different than maybe central, central South Carolina food.
1: <laughs> that, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> in the Midlands, I mean, you're, you're going to get a little bit of everything. To be honest, you're going to get the seafood. You're going to get the the southern home cooked meal stuff. Um, so honestly, I'm a little biased, but I, I'd say anywhere you go in okay. in, in Columbia, <laughs> South Carolina is going to be good food. So I, I recommend anything you see. Like you pass through, you go anywhere. That, that's that they all have great food
0: now what so far have you missed most from not being at home and we can start with food there we can stick <laughs> in that because i i've grown up and and lived in that part of the country and there are some things that that you duly truly miss
1: <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd say probably um, going with the food just the the southern meals i love the southern home cooked meals like the seven or eight different sides like it's can't beat it <laughs> Um, another thing I, which I haven't experienced yet but the weather um, I'm definitely <laughs> probably when it gets to winter time I'm going to definitely miss the weather down in South Carolina um, I miss the lake that, that I'm kind of right by where I'm from so those are kind of the, the top three that, that I know I'm going to miss at some point down the road probably soon
0: <laughs> No, it's it, the summer stays here a long time that's, what we, that's the sales pitch we give to everybody when they come for jobs so. even
1: better even better
0: So as you look back on kind of the college career, you played there at Newberry, kind of slowly got into coaching after that. You were assistant at your alma mater, Newberry, for a little while, also at Limestone College, which is also down in that area. What kind of got you in to coaching was it a a mentor was it something along the way that kind of clicked that says hey this is what I want to do for a
1: living um so right after college I I started teaching at some country clubs and and was a head pro at at one of them um it just kind of a few years after college just kind of clicked like I want to get back into college because I love the four years I had when I was playing so I, I wanted to get back into that and and kind of be in that intensity of, of college tennis and develop players and and kind of help them along the way and and i think the recruiting process is, is great that's one of my my favorite things is recruiting developing so one, one day it was just like hey i, I want to get back into the, the college tennis scene so one thing led to another and i was fortunate enough to be able to get to limestone and coach there for two years and Newberry job came open, so I, I couldn't I, I couldn't resist that going back to the alma mater and that was during COVID, so that that was a big, big change. And then Mars Hill came open as well for my first head coaching job. So it was kind of all in line with with some plans I had. Now
0: you mentioned recruiting. One of the things we, we've touched on this earlier in the podcast is how you don't have any new players coming in. So you're gonna have a a I don't wanna say a loaded roster but a veteran roster. There's one or two ladies that will graduate. They'll they'll move out with their experience. It's going to give you an opportunity to kind of recruit. Is that maybe an advantage for you? Do you feel that you come in here and you're going to have some time to evaluate what you have on the roster to really figure out what's the type of player I need to kind of help elevate this program?
1: Right. Yeah. And and this year, especially having all all returners back, they're going to have that experience. It's going to give me a chance to evaluate the roster and, and also evaluate the other teams. It's gonna give me plenty of, of time to look at the teams and also get to know the school even better, just so I can really hit the recruiting hard. it um, this year and, and slowly start bringing in some players. But I mean, the, this year, I feel like I'm in luck. Like I got a lot of veteran players that have that experience and, and can help me along the way with kind of getting to know the school, getting to know the other teams in the conference and, and really be able to build a team and, and kind of build on the, on the foundation I wanna build here for the first year.
0: Now, when you're looking at players in, in tennis, is it like other sports now where you need to really be recruiting the kids when they're in 7th, 8th, ninth grade? Or do you feel at at Eastern and maybe some of your experiences at your other schools you've been at that there are still maybe some overlooked players that would be good players at our level?
1: Yeah, there's definitely, especially tennis, there are overlooked players. And with it being such a worldwide sport, there are players everywhere, uh, whether it be – south carolina north carolina illinois anywhere or international kids there's so many different players so for tennis and with it being an individual sport it's more so probably junior year sophomore junior year to start kind of seeing results because then players will start developing they'll start getting a little bit stronger a little bit faster and and that way i can really see the trajectory almost and and even like i said the international kids i mean there's tons of players for tennis all over the world all over the u.s so like they're Plenty of players that I'd want to say get overlooked, mm-hmm. but have that potential to where it's like, hey, they could come in and, and do some damage.
0: Now, when you talk about the watching the development of a player, are you when you're recruiting players, the way tennis is done for people that that may not be familiar listening to the podcast, is you have a you seated your players one through mm-hmm. six. You also have doubles one through three that that play. When you're recruiting, are you recruiting a player? That, as your number one or are you recruiting players that in the mix or do you need to maybe recruit for all of those positions?
1: Honestly, you you gotta look for all of it. If I can find a freshman that that can come into play one, I mean that that's easy. That that that's great. That that makes my job a lot easier. But a lot of times I, I look for players that can build on depth, that I can see the potential and they can build into that number one player, build into that number two. If they come in and play number one, great. They come in, there may be seven or eight on the roster, but they're developing into a player that can play higher in the lineup later on, even better. So I, honestly, recruiting it all, all, all aspects of it.
0: And then I guess the other thing is, are there specialty type, and I don't know tennis well enough for this, but I I see it break down this way sometimes when I, when I do the, the stats and the recaps on, on different things. Are there players that can only play singles play that you're recruiting and only play doubles play? And I guess with scholarship limits, are those the type of players, I don't want to say you need to avoid, but it's harder to to maybe make a sell on them?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, there's certain players that I feel like are better at singles and doubles and and vice versa. But if they can come in and and help the team, uh, I'm not going to steer away from them. Uh, Any type of player that will buy into the culture, buy into what I have to offer, buy into building a uh, foundation, then I'm not going to overlook them.
0: Now, the other thing I know, I was always asked kind of other hobbies away from here. I know. I found out one. I was talking to the soccer coaches who your office is near. You've gotten to know over here. They've welcomed you aboard. I know you're into golf. Is that kind of something you you've always been into, or is that something you kind of picked up along the way?
1: That that's something that I'm. Always, I've always been interested in, um, and, and golf. Started playing that a decent amount probably the past couple years. Um, but yeah, I, I love playing golf. Anything outdoors, I, I'm big into. So that that's kind of my my number one thing is if it's outdoors, I'm there.
0: Now, where you were able to, to live, South Carolina, the North Carolina area, a lot of world renowned golf courses. But it's maybe the the best one that you got to play on.
1: <laughs> I haven't played too many famous <laughs> ones. I always try to go to kind of the local clubs. The ones clubs. That you can afford, like yeah, <laughs> it, it, exactly. Um, I, I try to stay local. Um, obviously, with coaching, it, it, it's tough with the time mm-hmm. to be able to kind of map that out, but stay local and, and some of those are, are the best courses.
0: All right, Ross, we appreciate you joining us on the podcast and best of luck this upcoming season.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.